All right, well, good morning, Freedom Center Church. Uh, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you're watching this. Uh, my name is Pastor Josh. I am one of the associate pastors here at the church. A lot of people would refer to me as uh, Pastor Jim's other son or uh, JD's brother or uh, Hey Kid Move. That's another one that I get called a lot. Um, but good morning to our Grand Blank campus. Good morning to our Pontotoc campus. Good morning to our online campus. Good morning to the radio show. And good morning to the Linden campus today. Uh, I'm so excited to get to share with you guys today. Um, let's just start right with a Pastor Jim joke. I've never done one of these before, so I guarantee you that this will be the best recorded sermon that I've ever preached in my entire life. Um, today I come with you and I get to talk to you about prayer. We're starting a new series on prayer today, and uh, I was voluntold that I got to teach first today on prayer. So I want to start with the story. We're going to start with a funny story. We're going to end with a sad story. There's going to be some, some good stuff in between here and there. But um, I'm married to my wife, Lauren, and we have two beautiful kids with another one on the way. My son, Hollis, is five years old, and uh, he's just like salt of the earth. Um, he's an incredible kid. He's loving and he's compassionate and he's kind and he listens to direction really well and he's so smart and uh, he's just a, he's a boy but he's just a beautiful boy. And um, then there's his sister who's three years old and her name is Francine. And um, there's a lot of great things that I can say about Francine but she's nothing like her brother. She squeezes every ounce of every day out that she can. Like from the second she wakes up to the second she goes to sleep, she's just all over the place. And um, we love her and she's so, so different than her brother. But the other night we were praying for food. And so um, I think it was spaghetti night. I don't remember what we were eating, but we all sat down and I said, who wants to pray over our dinner tonight? And so of course, both kids are like, I do, I do. So um, we always let both of them pray, but we asked Francine to pray first. And so um, she just started school a little while ago. And so she puts her hands together. And she says, everybody, put your hands together. And so we all put our hands together. And she says, now close your eyes. And so um, because of her personality, I don't really know what's going to happen next. So I keep my eyes open just in case like a meatball is coming my way or something like that from the spaghetti. So I keep my eyes open and I'm looking at her. And she looks at me and says, close your eyes. So I close my eyes and she says, repeat after me. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is going really well. And she says, Jesus loves us. And I said, Jesus loves us. You know, I'm repeating. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good prayer. And then she says, indivisible. I'm like, indivisible. Where are we going here? With liberty and justice for all. Amen. And uh, my wife and I were just trying to encourage her to pray. So we're like, yeah, good job. But brother, who's five years old, kind of looks at her and he's like, that wasn't right. Um, but I, I tell you this innocent story because I want to talk to you about prayer today. And a lot of us, uh, our prayer life is not far off from that, where I feel like there are people in this room in Linden, there's people in Grand Blank, there's people that are listening online right now that you want to pray more, but you don't even know where to start. You're like, I feel like I should be praying more. I have that desire to pray more. I just don't even know where to start. So today is going to be just a really good, simple, practical ways to give you opportunities to pray more. I have this illustration here. I'm going to save it for a little while. But just know that prayer is a two-way street. 
Um, we petition God for things. We ask God for things. But just so you know, prayer is not just us talking to God. Prayer is us listening for God to speak to us. And so I want to start today by talking about a couple of things. Of just how do you know that it's God's voice that you're hearing? That it's not um, maybe a voice in your head or maybe uh, doubt or other, other voices that you can have, but that you know that it's God. So let's start with number one. Number one of how you know that it's God is that God's voice agrees with God's word. If you ever feel like you have a word and you're like, I don't know if this is God or not, open up your Bible. Is there something in your Bible here that you can compare um, to the prayer that you're hearing and say, yes, that agrees with what I believe God is saying. And if you can, then there's a really good chance that what you're hearing is God. Next is that God's voice brings peace. Um, sometimes that peace can be immediate, right? You can be having a hard, a hard situation or maybe you're just having a really rough week and you start to pray and God brings you just that peace and you know like, okay, there's just a supernatural peace that I have. But other times it's God encouraging you to do something that will create peace. Maybe you've had a really hard week and you said some things that you shouldn't have, had, have said and you need to go and talk to somebody and apologize. Maybe... Um, Maybe you're just having a really hard week and you need to tell somebody that you're having a really hard week. God is always going to encourage you to bring peace. Um, the next one is that God's voice is lovingly uncomfortable. Proverbs 27.6 says, Wombs from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Um, God is that friend in Proverbs 27.6. If God always agrees with you, if the voice that you're hearing only agrees with you, it never challenges you, it never um, disputes what your, what your view of reality is, it's probably not God. It's probably the voice inside of your head. So make sure that, um, yeah, like God is challenging us. He's constantly challenging us. It's that ironing, sharpening iron and just getting closer and closer to God. Make sure that the voice that you're hearing is lovingly uncomfortable. And lastly, God's voice is confirmed in multiple ways. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13.1, every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Uh, there's been times in my life where I feel like God is telling us to do something, us meaning my family or the church or the creative staff that I get the opportunity to lead. Um, and it feels like it's confirmed. So I might feel like we're supposed to do something and uh, it's a really big decision. And I always wait for that confirmation from somebody else. I know um, the Hensons, who are two of our worship leaders here at the church, I think they're sitting like somewhere, hopefully in this area, or maybe they're in the back working tech. But uh, when we were talking about hiring them, uh, Boy Brennan uh, said that he needed to hear, f there had to be confirmation from somebody. So he got that confirmation of, hey, you're supposed to go back to Michigan. And they moved. And I think that's just an incredible thing to do. Like if anytime you're making a big decision, if you feel like Holy Spirit or God is asking you to do something that feels large, uh, just look for confirmation from people that you trust. And if you get that confirmation, there's a really good chance that it's God. So what are some ways that God speaks? Uh, obviously, the first one is the Bible right here. God speaks through the Bible. He speaks through his word. I cannot tell you, and maybe you've had the same experience, where you just read a, a passage of scripture, a passage of scripture, and you've read it a thousand times, and it just, all of a sudden, one day, 
it, there's just something that hits you different. And you like have a new understanding of a scripture that you've read a thousand times. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God speaking to you in a way. And he's trying to bring out something in that scripture that maybe it's a fresh revelation of something that you've never experienced before. Another one is the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 1.13, this is the New Living Translation, uh, and now you Gentiles who have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. Have you ever just felt like, um, hey, I got invited to this party, but I'm not going to go because I just feel something in my spirit? Or, hey, this person... um, Everybody trusts this person, but I'm just getting a really weird feeling in my spirit that I'm not supposed to trust that person. Or I really feel like I'm supposed to encourage this person. Uh, That is the Holy Spirit. And the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is the more that you trust him, the more you seem to get those words, the more you seem to get um, just prophetic words for people. The next one is wise counsel. Uh, Mentorship is huge. If you don't have somebody in your life that is two or three steps ahead of you where you want to go, you need to find that person. And if you don't know where you want to go, I would say that's the first step. Find somebody in your life that you want to look like that's two or three steps ahead of you and take them out to coffee. I did this a couple weeks ago. Um, There's somebody at our church that just has raised an incredible family and they have adult kids that all love each other and get along with each other. And so I asked him, I think it was last Sunday, I said, hey, I want to take you out to coffee because I have two kids, I have a third one on the way, and uh, I just want my family to be close when they get older. So how, how do you do that? And so he agreed to it, um, but find people in your life that can mentor you. And then on the other side of that, find somebody that's two or three steps behind you that you know wants to be where you're at right now and help bring them up. Mentorship is a two-way street. Uh, you have to receive mentorship, but you also need to give mentorship. Next is circumstances. Pastor Jim, he says this all the time, but sometimes God will close doors that no man can open, and sometimes God will open doors that no man can shut. Uh, Proverbs 16.9 says it this way, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Sometimes it's just like, I feel like I'm supposed to do this, but every single time I try to do this, something bad happens, or uh, I don't really know why I'm in this situation. I feel like God is calling me to do this, but it doesn't really make sense, and it doesn't really line up with what I thought I was going to be doing in my life. And then it's a couple years later, and you're like, "I I see that. That made perfect sense. That season of my life made sense, and now I can apply it to what I'm actually created to do. Circumstances are huge. Make sure that... um, you are doing what God called you to do, but make sure that you're not trying to force open doors that God's closed, and you're not trying to open up doors that God has already shut. Next one is wisdom. Uh, God gave you a brain. You should use it. Um, It doesn't mean that every decision you make is from God, but sometimes it's as easy as using the wisdom that God has provided you. James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. I was talking to somebody else in our church a couple weeks ago in staff meeting, and they were talking about how um, they were having a hard conversation with a friend, and the friend was asking for advice, and they had been talking for an hour or two, and the friend left that conversation saying, okay, I feel like I need to take these things to prayer and pray about this decision before I make this decision. And the person that I was talking to that was in our staff meeting said, "Um, this whole two hours has been prayer. 
Like whether you realize it or not, the wisdom that we've used, the wisdom that God has given us, you already know what the right decision is. Are you going to use the wisdom that God has given you to make that decision that you already know is true in your heart or do you need to pray more about it? And not to say that you shouldn't pray about things because obviously you should continue to pray about things. You should pray without ceasing. But sometimes God just gives you wisdom and it's supernatural wisdom and you already know the answer to what you're supposed to do. The next one is dreams and visions. Um, this one can get a little bit tricky, but Acts 2.17 says, In the last days, God says that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Um, I know I'm getting older because I'm starting to prophesy a lot less and I'm starting to see a whole lot more dreams. Can I get a good amen from somebody in the back that's getting older? I'm getting some gray hair on my side. Uh, little tangent here, but my wife was cutting my hair the other day and it was falling on my lap and there was a lot of gray in it. And I was like, whose hair is this? This isn't my hair, is it? She's like, no, it's your hair. Um, so I'm getting wiser because my hair's turning gray. But man, um, I know I'm getting older because I'm starting to have more dreams and I'm starting to prophesy less. Um, that's a joke, but uh, I, I am getting more gray hair on my sides and I am aging. Um, but this one's tricky, right? Because it can get a little weird sometimes with dreams. Uh, you really have to know, and this goes back to scripture and goes back to the Bible of, is what your dream is saying, is, there, is your dream from God? Um, we're not about, a, hey, I had a blue fox in my dream and what could that possibly mean? What does the color blue mean? And what does the fox mean? Uh, what does the fox say? Um, but because dreams can be so subjective, I would highly encourage you to compare your dream to scripture and also to talk with a trusted friend or mentor about it. Uh, we were talking about this, and I'll just be honest, we were talking about this in our executive team meeting. I said that I wanted to talk about dreams and visions. And um, after after the cross and after the resurrection in scripture, the only time that the word dream is ever mentioned is this verse in Acts 2.17. So does God speak through dreams? We all agreed 100%. Yes, God does speak through dreams. Um, but you need to be careful because sometimes you can think that it's God or you can way overcomplicate something that isn't God. Uh, and that's important to make sure that what you, you believe you're hearing from God is biblically accurate. The next one is creation. Uh, just being blunt, some of you need to go outside more, and it shows. Uh, get off of this thing right here. Get off of the computer. Get off of Netflix and TV. Those are all things that I do, and they're not horrible. But you need to go outside. Um, God speaks through creation. Psalm 19.1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. I love that scripture. And Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Um, when was the last time that you just went outside and watched the sunrise? When was the last time, if you're not a morning person, that you went outside and you watched the sunset? Do you ever think about where the term beauty comes from? Um, beauty comes from the Father, and he creates masterpieces for us every single day. And I know it sounds maybe weird, or if you're like a manly man in the room and you go hunting and fishing, like, I'm not going to watch the sunset. That's for women. Um, I promise you, go outside, watch the sunset, watch the sunrise in silence or with somebody that you love, and just watch the creation that God has created for us every single day. Uh, creation speaks to the existence of God. 
going out and camping, going out for a hike. Uh, we're doing this thing called 75 Hard right now, me and Pastor Jason and Melanie and then another guy at the Fenton campus. And every day we're required to be outside for 45 minutes doing some kind of workout. And let me tell you, like that is one of the most powerful and exciting parts of my day because it's 45 minutes to just be out and appreciate nature. Um, Things change all around us, right? There's stressful situations that happen and there's governments and wars and rumors of wars, uh, but something that never changes is nature. And it just grounds you. There's something about being out with the nature that God's created that just brings you peace and it, it helps in situations. Um, if you need to hear from God, go for a walk, go to the beach, go camping, uh, do it alone or with someone that has the gift of shutting up and just listening because it can change your life. Um, ways to pray. I want to talk about this, this little analogy that I have here. Um, hopefully you can see this. If you can't, then uh, I'm sorry. But I have this, this analogy right here. And uh, it's super simple, like almost stupid simple. Um, but I hope it's going to help you understand just the power of prayer. Um, so this is the glove and this is my Bible. Now, what do you think will happen if I say, hey, glove, open that Bible? Obviously, it's not going to do anything. Um, so maybe what this glove needs is some inspiration. Maybe I just need to encourage this glove to be a glove and to open the Bible. Like, come on, glove, you can do it. Open the Bible. And it's obviously not going to open the Bible. Maybe what it needs is some training. Maybe if this glove just went to school and got educated, it would be able to open that Bible. Um, so obviously it's still not going to be able to open that Bible. You know what this glove actually needs? It actually needs to be discipled. So maybe we should disciple this glove. And then if we disciple the glove, it'll be able to open the Bible. And obviously, again, it's not going to be able to open the Bible. But do you know what it actually needs? This is what it needs. And I know this. Uh, it needs fellowship. It needs fellowship with other gloves. Maybe if it just hung out with other gloves, it would be able to know how to be a glove. It's a multicultural glove hangout. Maybe that's what it needs. No, the reality is that what this glove needs is a living, breathing hand inside of it to do what it was created to do. This glove, this hand inside this glove, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the community that you get with the Holy Spirit to do what you were created to do. You can't live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit inside of you. And where do you get that connection? That connection is through prayer. You can get discipled all you want. You can get trained all you want. You can have fellowship all you want. But until you have that living, breathing Holy Spirit inside of every part of you, you'll never truly get to be who you were created to be. Going through my paper notes here. I'm old school like that. Uh, so what are some ways? What are some ways to pray? Let's talk really practical right now. Uh, let's start with speaking, right? Like speaking is a really easy way to pray. Praying silently, 
like just praying with your mouth closed, but just praying in your spirit. Uh, praying out loud is huge. Allowing other people to hear what you're saying so that they can agree with you in prayer. Singing. Singing can be praying. And then we're AG, right? So you got to include praying in the spirit. Praying in tongues is huge. And so doing those things are all considered prayer. Reading and writing are also huge ways to pray. Um, journaling is huge. I know there's a lot of people in this room that feel like they don't have the right words to say to God or words don't come out right or they're not effective communicators. I would put myself in that boat. I would much rather journal or write out a prayer than I would speak a prayer because it allows me to think about what I'm going to say. I'm not like Pastor Jim and I'm not like JD where words come out of my mouth and I haven't even thought about what I've said. I'm generally a really deep thinker. I tend to overthink things and think about things for a long time. Um, so writing things out and being able to pray through journaling and through writing scripture is huge. Uh, creativity. There are people in this room that want to write poems or songs or paint a picture. Uh, I love this, but in medieval times, cathedrals were built as an expression of faith and a means to glorify God. Uh, everything that you do can be considered prayer if you're doing it unto the Lord. So whether you hate your job or you love your job or um, you don't enjoy really doing what you do right now, if you do it unto the Lord, that is considered prayer. Uh, contemplation. We live in a world where there's noise and distraction 24-7. But like, get away. Get silent. Go somewhere where there's no noise and you can just hear yourself think and you can think about what God is saying to you. I said this earlier in the message, but prayer is not us just talking to God, but prayer is actually us listening to what God is trying to say to us. And then lastly, communal prayer. Uh, Matthew 18, 20, obviously this is a scripture that if you've been in church for a while, I'm sure you've heard this one before, but it says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Um, there's power in praying in a group. Sometimes you just, if you're struggling or you need healing or, um, you're just fighting through something. It's so much more powerful to get into a group of people that love you and want to pray with you together than it is just praying by yourself. Um, Ian Bounds, I, Pastor Adam, I don't know if you guys know who Pastor Adam Cook is. Um, he's one of my dear friends. When we talk about mentorship, he's one of those guys that's mentors in my life, that he's two or three steps ahead of me. And uh, I just want him to encourage me and speak into my life because I want to be, be where he is and I want to be like him. So the other day I was calling him on the phone and I said, hey, I'm speaking on prayer in a couple weeks. Do you have anything uh, any like fresh revelation on prayer? Is there anything that I should share that I'm not thinking about? And he said, you need to check out this guy, E.M. Bounds. So the letter E, the letter M, the last name Bounds. Um, he was a late 1800s clergyman. Uh, he taught at a school and he wrote nine books on prayer during his lifetime. This guy was like, if there was a focus in his life, it was about prayer. And this is what he said. And this really stuck out to me. I have two quotes from him, but I feel like I'm only supposed to share one of them. And that's this. It's that the church is looking for better methods, but God is looking for better men. Um, we need to be men and women of prayer. Uh, outreach is great. Planning for services is great. Having anointed worship teams is incredible. Having gifted speakers most weeks when it's not me is awesome. Uh, but if we can't, develop and cultivate this culture of prayer and talking to, the, to God and to the Holy Spirit, 
then we're not really doing anything. We need to have that connection between us and the Holy Spirit. Um, I told you at the beginning of the service that I had two stories that I wanted to share with you today. And uh, the first one was about my daughter, Francine. And um, the second one is about uh, my son, Hollis, who's five years old. And uh, he was our first kid and I, I, he's, he's my only son. And I, I love him dearly. And um, August 19th, last year, I remember the day because it was my daughter's birthday, um, was one of the scariest days of my entire life. Um, we were going to a birthday party for her. We threw this big party for her. And the first couple of days uh, previous to that, Haas was not feeling well. Uh, if you know him, we did have a season where he was sick quite a bit. So we thought it was just like any other sickness that he had had before. Um, and he loves birthday parties. So he was so excited for Francine's birthday party. And uh, we were having it at my parents' house and we got there and he just wasn't really feeling that great. And so um, we had him go lay in my parents' bed for a while and just kind of relax. And uh, I came to check on him in a little bit and um, he just wasn't breathing right. He was kind of like, like having this really labored breathing. And so um, my parents had the pulse ox and we put it on his finger and it said that he was at 90%, which if you know anything about oxygen, that's scary low. And so um, because it was my daughter's birthday party, I, I took Hollis to um, the emergency room and Lauren stayed with Francine so that she could still enjoy her birthday party. But um, we got there and it immediately just got really, really scary. Um, we went to the Fenton ER, which is, they're incredible people, but they quickly told us that, hey, like we, we don't have what your son needs treated here. And so we need to put him in an ambulance. We gotta get him up to Flint as quick as possible. He's gonna be admitted to the ICU. And you're just like, um, what? Like two days ago, he was totally fine. And now you're talking like breathing tubes in his face. And uh, at one point, like they were putting the mask on him and he was just scared. And the nurses are asking me to hold him down and he's looking me in my eyes and he's like, daddy, they're hurting me. And uh, you don't get through one of those situations very easily. And I know there's people in here that are listening right now that you've gone through way worse experiences than this. And I don't mean to demean that at all. I'm just talking from my own experience. But that was a really hard day because you just didn't know. We got to the hospital where he was supposed to be and the nurses weren't saying good things. And they put him on max flow oxygen and he doesn't look like himself and he's not getting out of his bed and he's not really having any energy at all. And I remember like I brought him a new toy and it was a toy that he'd been asking for for forever. And I was like, he, he didn't even seem like himself. Like he was just staying in his bed and um, it was just really, really hard. Um, and so my wife and I, we were uh, taking shifts because like I said, we have another kid at home. And so I, I had the first shift and then Lauren went home and then she was coming up to the hospital and I was switching with her. And uh, you, you try to be strong for your kid, right? So I really hadn't had any time yet for like that emotional, um, just letting, letting that out. I was being strong for my son. And I remember I was just driving home and I was so angry and I was so scared and I was so upset. And um, I got home and it was a Sunday and uh, Francine was actually at church because my mom and dad had came and brought her to church. And I was sitting in a chair and I was just 
crying. I was crying so hard. I didn't know what to do. And um, I pulled out our live stream because I remembered it's Sunday and I started watching it. And I'm not kidding you, the moment that I turned on live stream, um, pastor was on the screen and the entire congregation was praying for my son. And I'd like to say that he was immediately healed. Uh, he wasn't, but do you know what that prayer did for me was it gave me this peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, in that moment, I just surrendered to God. I said, God, like you already know what's gonna happen and there's nothing that I can do that's gonna make this situation any better or any worse. Like, thank you, God, that you've given doctors. Thank you that he's in incredible care. But like, Father, he's yours. So whether he's here for six months or he's there for two days and we get to bring him home, uh, I trust you, God. And that's what prayer can do. Prayer just gives you this peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, the title of this message, I was supposed to say it at the beginning, and I didn't, but it was called Worried About Everything Because We Pray About Nothing. And what if we went from worried about everything because we pray about nothing to being worried about nothing because we pray about everything? Church, that's what I'm here to say is that the power of prayer can take you to where things that feel like they're so horrible all of a sudden, it's not that they don't matter anymore, but you just have this supernatural peace about you. So when you see Chinese weather balloons that are over American soil, or uh, I don't know why that was the first one that came to me, or COVID is still a thing, or there's this potential for um, a recession happening, or what if my spouse decides to leave me, or what if my kids get sick? Uh, the reality is that the closer you are to God, the less you worry about those things and the more that you trust who he is and you trust him. Um, Holy Spirit gave me this analogy a really long time ago when I was in high school, and I feel like it was just meant for today. Uh, I call it the wave pool analogy, but I think something that prayer does that's incredible is uh, how many of you, whenever you were young, you were in a pool with a bunch of kids? Like your family didn't own a pool, but there was a kid in the neighborhood that's family owned a pool. And so all summer you went and swam at that pool. And uh, how many of you would go in that pool and you'd have like 15, 20 people in that pool and you would spin around in a circle like this. And if you tried to, like, it would make all the water spin. It would create that whirlpool effect, right? And even if you tried to stop spinning after that water started going, like the, the water was moving. And that's what prayer does. Prayer in our life, it gets the Holy Spirit moving. It gets things in your life moving so that even when distractions come, when things that feel like they're not going your way come, like they can't help but get taken by the Spirit. Um, I have this thing today, and I'm, I'm almost done, I promise. We're going to be ending here. Um, the usher should be handing this out right now. It's, uh, it's this thing that I want to give to every single person here today, and they're prayer prompts. Um, I want to encourage every single person here, every single person online. We're going to try to make a digital version of this for people that are watching online, but they're, they're prompts. So if you're like... Uh, I, I want to pray more. I just don't know how, or I don't know what to pray for, or what questions should I ask God that I should be listening for answers to. This is a really simple uh, application. It's a really simple, easy way 
to, to give you uh, avenues to start to begin to pray. So today, please, please, please do not leave the service today until you've started to activate your prayer life. Uh, Pastor Jason and Graham Blank, or sorry, and Lyndon is going to be giving just some open time for people to be allowed to pray. But if you want to pray by yourself, if you want to pray with loved ones, if you feel like you want to come to the altar, uh, it's time to do that. It's time to start activating our prayer life. Uh, I have one last scripture for you, and that's James 4.2. And it's only part of the scripture, but it says that you have not because you ask not. Uh, general prayers do not move God to specific actions. So these prompts that I've given you for prayer today, they're to get you going. But man, like, stop praying, God bless my family, and start praying for specific, for specific things that you want God to bless your family for. Um, stop praying that uh, revival would break out in this country and start praying that people would come into this church that need to receive Jesus. So start praying specific prayers. The prompts that I've given you are more generalized, but start praying those specific prayers. And I promise you, watch God show up in your life. Watch him give you peace that surpasses all understanding. And just watch how your life starts to change as you grow closer and closer to the Holy Spirit. So that's all I have for you today, church. I hope you have an incredible day. Like I said, we're going to be leaving just like some canned music playing and some time for response. But don't leave today until you feel like you've heard from the Holy Spirit. Have a great day. Pastor Jim will be back next week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Be blessed.